This morning we read a favorite story for all generations, Moses at the burning bush. So please open your Bibles with me to Exodus chapter 3. We will be in the first 15 verses. I will read these verses now before our communion meditation. Exodus 3, starting at verse 1. Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led his flock beyond the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of a bush. He looked, and the bush was blazing, yet it was not consumed. Then Moses, I must turn aside and look at this great sight and see why the bush is not burned up. When the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses, and he said, here I am. Then he said, come no closer, remove the sandals from your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. He said further, I am the father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I have observed the misery of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their cry on account of their taskmasters. Indeed, I know their sufferings, and I have come down to deliver them from the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad, a land flowing with milk and honey to the country of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. The cry of the Israelites has now come to me. I have also seen how the Egyptians oppressed them. So come, I will send you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? He said, I will be with you, and this shall be the sign for you, that it is I who sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall worship God on this mountain. But Moses said to God, if I come to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, and they ask me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. He said further, thus you shall say to the Israelites, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, thus you shall say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my title for all generations. Amen. When we read a familiar story such as this, it's easy to only pay half attention. Most of us know the majority of the details, especially the ending, so we may wonder what it is for us to learn. Moses was born to Hebrew parents in Egypt, where God's people were still living after Joseph saved them in the famine. That generation has now passed. There is a new pharaoh, and the Egyptians, who were once grateful to the Hebrews, are now resentful that there are so many of them. They are taking jobs and rights from the people born in Egypt. They have enslaved the Hebrews and are treating them horribly. Moses was born during a harrowing time because the Pharaoh was killing every firstborn Jewish male as a way of eradicating the race. 
Baby Moses was saved, ironically, by the Pharaoh's own daughter, who had a deep compassion for the babe she found in a basket in the Nile. She took Moses to the palace and with help from a woman who, unbeknownst to the princess, was his own mother. The story that we read today is 40 years after he fled to a foreign land. He went far away because after he grew up in the palace and was living on his own, he became a wanted man after killing an Egyptian whom he saw beating a Hebrew slave. On his first stop in the foreign land, he meets a family with many daughters, and this yields him a wife. He has made a living working as a shepherd for his father-in-law, which is what he is doing when we find him here. When we're faced with a story that we know well, one of the things that is helpful is to ask I wonder questions. This comes so naturally to children, not as much to us. We tend to lose our curiosity as we get older, some of us. But it's a good habit for us to incorporate into our reading and our study of asking questions of wonderment keep us in an appropriate posture before the Creator God. It enables us to interact with the text in a fresh way. It allows the Spirit to guide our hearts and our minds as we read. Pausing to wonder also keeps us interested, since asking questions then will spur truths that we might not come to otherwise. So here are some things that I wonder about this passage. I wonder if Moses recognized God's voice. I wonder what God's voice sounded like. I wonder if Moses could feel the heat from the fire. I wonder how it felt to be on holy ground. As we read this story, we see that Moses wondered a few things himself. He had a curiosity about a bush that was on fire but did not burn. He wanted to get close, could see it, but the Lord stopped him. The Lord's presence, even in a burning bush, is too much for us as humans to gaze upon. This is something else for us to wonder. The Lord reveals himself to us. He is the most powerful being we will ever encounter. There is no one greater than God. Yet even when we know him, so often we are still terrified by what is here. I believe God shows us who he is so that we might know with certainty that he is greater than anything else, than anyone else, and that knowing his presence, which is all-encompassing, truly helps us in our time of fear. Moses was going to learn about that soon. Another thing Moses wonders about is whether he can fulfill the task that the Lord is giving to him. I Moses asks, who are we that God uses us to do his will? It's a good question. So often we feel ill-equipped, we're broken, we're weary, we feel not good enough. Moses wondered how he would accomplish this impossible task. God knew Moses was capable and what it would look like. I was thinking, who better than someone who had lived in Pharaoh's court and was familiar of how things go? Who better to accomplish this rescue than someone who clearly has a heart for the people he came from? Who better than one who can shepherd those who are going to need great care 
after their experience with the Egyptians. God, who shapes our experiences, who shapes our whole existence, then to do his will in the future. The other thing Moses wondered about is God's identity. He has a funny way of going about it. Instead of Moses asking outright, who are you? He does it in a roundabout kind of fashion. He knows for certain that Pharaoh's going to be a problem. He also has foresight to know that the Israelites are going to be an issue. He wonders if they will believe that God has sent him and follow him. And so he's kind of saying, oh, I say sent me again. I didn't quite catch your name. God has already told Moses he is the God of their ancestors. Now God's answer to him is, I am. Tell them, I am has sent you. I am who I am. And one wonders if this answer is meant to give a message to the people when Moses shows up. That when Moses says, I am has sent you, will know exactly who it is that he's talking about. When children are small, sometimes parents give them a code word in case someone else needs to pick them up. It's a way of keeping them safe, offering an extra layer of protection. If the person doesn't know the code word, the child should refuse to go with them. I was thinking this is kind of like that. Moses, God is giving Moses the code word to tell the people, okay to leave Egypt. It's okay to go away. Everything is going to be okay. Moses is going to keep them safe and take them to the God whose name tells us volumes of his life-giving presence for all time. What do you wonder about this passage? As you read it, as you hear it, what are the questions that come up for you that you might have? In this portion of scripture, what out to us is how God hears the cries of his people and sends help. God sent Moses to save the people from a life of slavery and oppression. And when we read this, sometimes we might hear the skeptical voices around us. And the first thing we wonder is, where is God today? Where is God now to bring rescue? There's so much pain everywhere that we cry out, Lord, in your mercy, Lord, hear our prayer. In the suffering in Mumbai, in the Middle East, in Sierra Leone, in Houston, in streets around our country, and the corruption that we see, and the persecution, and the epidemic of addiction, in racism, and the lack of moral compass that we see. We want things to be better now. We want the Lord to come and to help us. How easily we can fall into the trap of wondering, like so where God is, and has he forgotten us? Yet like the Israelites who had to wander in the desert for a long time until they reached the promised land, we too have to decide in our wanderings before we get to the promised land if we're going to grumble and complain and forsake him or if we're going to trust in the God who is leading us. We live in a world that is racked by so evil that sometimes we can barely breathe. Sometimes we can hardly take it in, all in. So we pray and we plead and we ask for deliverance and healing and hope for those who are suffering, for ourselves when we are in deep pain. This passage reminds us that God hears every anguished cry of those who are in misery, 
of those who are suffering. And his solution was the same we follow today. So the question is, is it enough to be rescued, but still live in the wilderness as we wander? As we contemplate this, we have to acknowledge how much God is with us in every helping hand, in every cup of cold water, in every shelter offered, in every kindness given, in every touch of truth and compassion. The Lord is there bringing rest. So we have to decide if we will trust while living in what is very difficult or if we will turn away. Just as Moses did not leave the people's side, we have the very spirit of I am with us always. And so this morning we want to focus in on Jesus' sacrifice as we come forward for communion. We know he cares about the pain in our world because he took it all in on his body. He experienced our pain and our sin and our suffering fully and now meets us as we experience those things. So as we wonder about who God is and what he is doing, let us remember that above all, the death and the resurrection of Christ infuses us daily with true grace and real holy presence. Like the people Moses rescued, we have come to worship the Lord. Let's do so by remembering Christ's death.